0: Welcome tonight to Church Online and to Life-Shaped Prayer and Discipleship, to Golden Triangle Church on the Rock right here in Southeast Texas where we are bringing the Word of God to you and so happy to do so. You know, God has a plan, and tonight we're going to see a little bit more about that plan understand a little more about it. Uh, We've been praying here, and specifically tonight in our prayer time, we prayed that we would be more like God. And being more like God simply means uh, to us tonight, we, we centered on two things and focused on two things. You know, we want to love more like God loves, and we want to forgive like God forgives. And we just want to be a whole lot more like God. Uh, I hope you'll make that your prayer as well this week, to love like God loves and to forgive uh, like God expects us to. Amen. How are you guys doing tonight? Y'all all right? Huh? Everybody good? All right. Let's open up the Word of God tonight. We're going to be going to the book of Revelation. Tonight, our life-shaped prayer and discipleship, uh, we're in Module Four. This is the very first lesson, block number one in Module Four. Module Four deals with the future. We're going to begin talking about the future. We've talked about, uh, um, you know, what we get when we get born again. We've talked about, um, you know, our new creation realities. We've talked about uh, our new creation responsibilities, and then we begin tonight in this module talking about our in, uh, uh, the, the future, module for the future. And tonight, we're, uh, block one is about intro to revelation, introduction to revelation. Introduction to revelation. You know, revelation is about the future. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, but, uh, you know, normally when something uh, 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 of this magnitude, um, uh, this huge revelation that, that came to John uh, you know, you can imagine it, it. It really began to cause a stir in his spirit that God would entrust something about the future to him. But you know, God does that to us continually. We're not often as sharp and as quick to to catch on to it. But I'm hoping we'll get better when we understand more through these next twelve lessons about what God uh, is doing in our future. And uh, by this time in our spiritual walk. Okay? We are 40 weeks into our 52-week commitment. And by this time in our spiritual walk, um, we should each know that we're born again. Okay? If you've been following along and you've been doing these same studies or, or perhaps teaching them there where you are to others, uh, you know those that you're teaching should by this time know and be convinced and understand that they have been redeemed, that they are born again. They also should be at the place where they know what it takes to get right with God. You know, and uh, that's everyone's choice but we should understand what does it take for me to get right and to stay right with God. Those are two very important things. Getting born again and getting right with God. Knowing how to get right with God. Knowing that God will forgive you when you ask Him. Knowing that He will hear you when you pray. Knowing that you are right with Him not because of the good things that you do but because of the good things He did. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. He has made us right with Him. Uh, That's what salvation offers us but each Each one of us must continually come to Him in order to get our garments, our spiritual garments, cleansed of the sin that we may do from day to day, from time to time and season of season. That's why He says in in 1 John 1 verse 9 that that if we sin, you know, uh, He is faithful and just if we forgive excuse me if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and so by this time we should know that we are born again that we are right with God and that also we have a responsibility to serve him we should each understand that we are responsible for the kingdom of God we're not waiting on someone else to grow up or someone else to show us show up and take responsibility for the church we are the church we're not waiting for someone else to, to, to come on scene and, and take responsibility for world evangelism. We are God's evangelist. We're not looking for someone else to show up and, and teach the world about Jesus. We are the teachers. We are the ones. We have a responsibility. And, and you know, uh, we are the best God has. And for that, it's important that we begin to shoulder responsibility. Uh, you know, uh, because uh, we, we also should understand not only that we're right with God, we're born again, we're right with God, and we have a responsibility. But also, we should understand from our very first module that we are going to live forever. Okay. Now, just 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 think about this. You are immortal. Okay. I mean, I don't know how many of you uh, go around thinking that, but that's the reality. One day you'll close your eyes in this life, you'll open your eyes in another one, and it'll still be you. And you are immortal, Buck. I always knew you were immortal. Okay. You know, superhero, Buck, out here, but uh, but in reality, you are. You seriously are. What superpower do you have? Well, you're going to live forever. You cannot die. You cannot be destroyed. Isn't that a pretty good superpower? You know, nothing can take you out. Nothing can take you down. You will live forever. That's not a bad deal. Oh, we'll change bodies along the way, but that's you know that that that, that's going to be a pretty good deal too. It's just a short walk from here to where God has everything for us already prepared. And as we walk that way, we want to please God and and uh, realizing that. We truly will live forever, and every person that you meet will live forever. Where they live is the only determinate uh, 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 concern. Uh, the, the only concern that we have is that where will we live forever? Well, those who are born again will live you know, with God and with Christ forever. And those that uh, are not saved, uh, as we talk about the future, one of, the, one of our nights, one of our uh, topics will be specifically given to that subject, of what happens to folks who, uh, who don't get born again. We want to know about the future. And the next 12 life shape lessons will teach us truths concerning the future because the future, eternity, is a long, 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 long time. Okay, It's a long time, and it's the most of our life. And if, if, if God has something for us and, 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 and eternity is so far and it's so long and it, and it lasts forever, don't you think God would share some things with us concerning our future life and how to prepare for that future life and how to embrace it and what to imagine it's going to be like? Yes, He certainly does. He gives us glimpses all throughout the Word of God. And God uh, 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 wants us to know what we can expect Uh, to happen both in this lifetime and also uh, in the lifetime after we leave planet Earth uh, as, as well. And the topics that we're going to discuss in these next 12 lessons are going to cover heaven, we'll cover hell, we'll talk about death, We'll talk about the rapture. We'll talk about tribulation. We'll talk about Armageddon. We'll talk about the great white throne judgment. We'll talk about the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about a new heaven and a new earth. We're, we're, we're going to cover all of these subjects because all of them are in our future. They are future things that we're looking forward to. And we as Christians uh, should know. If we don't know, who will know? You know, I'm amazed at, at, at one religion that I know about. It's called a Druid religion, the Druze. The Druze who uh, live uh, bro- broke away from... Islam about a thousand years ago or so, you know, uh, only 10% of their religious population know what they believe. It's a secret and they've kept it a secret. So if you meet the common person who who, who is born into that religion, uh, they, they, they they don't know and, you know, they can't be told. They don't have access to the books of truth or anything because only 10% of them can get to the place where they actually can go in and open up the books and read and see what they believe. Isn't that amazing? I thought that was amazing. I felt so sorry for them for you and you know, and I witness to them when I see them. And, and, you know, and we are even supporting one uh, uh, evangelist from, from the Druze community there uh, in, uh, uh, in, in the northern part of Israel that's witnessing to Druze. And we've seen uh, uh, about 150 families come to know Christ uh, from that community. But uh, I, I, I used to feel so sorry for them until I turned around and looked at the Christians. You know, uh, uh, I'm not sure 10% of the Christians know what they believe. Hello? Hello? especially what they believe about the future. I mean, if you were to have to take a test on what the millennial reign of Christ involves and you had to pass that test to actually be a part of it, would you be allowed in? Well, no, thank God we don't have to take that test. But, you know, uh, so many people uh, have have no idea what to believe. And we as a church, I mean, who else is going to, to teach uh, the believers, what, uh, what the Bible has to say about heaven, about hell, about the great white throne judgment, about uh, the grave, about uh, you know, all the things that we look forward to, all the things that you are headed toward. You are headed to the grave unless Jesus comes you know, uh, before uh, you know, the next hundred years. You will go into a grave. You know? Your body will be buried. What will happen to you? Well, do you know? I mean, there are a lot of people out there saying a lot of things, but do you understand what Jesus says about it? Do you know what the Bible says about the Great White Throne Judgment? You're going to be standing there. Wouldn't you like to be a little more prepared? Because this is where you get prepared for that. Right here is is, is this is preparation. You know, uh, you know uh, uh, what what you know. Uh, what about the new heaven and the new earth? You know what. What, what does God say about that? Well, you know, these are things that we should be covering, things that we as Christians should believe. We should know what Jesus uh, told us and what the Bible shares with us about our future. It's our future. And so we're going to be taking a look at these things. And basically, you see, uh, God has a future. Uh, God has planned. God has planned, intricately planned a future for you on planet Earth. He has also intricately planned a future for you after you die and leave this earth. But then He has also got a very meticulous plan for you and this earth after everything that we know on this earth has vanished away. God has a plan, so let's begin to discover um, our future together uh, by first taking a look at, the int- at, at, at John's uh, introduction to the Book of Revelation. And uh, by the way, it's the Book of Revelation, not the Book of Revelations. Okay, it's one Revelation. I know uh, 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 it's 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 just kind of funny when we when when when, uh, uh, when I'm in preacher groups, I try to use the word uh, Book of Revelations. And uh, it seems like nobody complains and uh, they probably think I'm stupid. I'm just making a little fun of them. But they, uh, uh, you know, it, it is one revelation. And let me, let me begin to share with you why uh, in, in just a moment. By the way, uh, uh, the Greek word translated revelation here, the Greek word that is translated revelation, it's where we get our, our common English word apocalypse. Okay? So this is the apocalypse. Okay? Uh, and the word apocalypse basically means the coming or the appearing or the disclosure, it it means to bare naked. It means to lay open. It means basically, you know, the, the the manifestation or the revelation. Okay, so that's what the word revelation means. It's not the this this. The reason it's called revelation is because it is the book of apocalypse. It is the apocalypse of John. It is it is a book which describes a, 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 you know a disclosure. A, a, a manifestation, an unveiling of, um, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 basically a revelation. That's just a good word for it. This is a revelation. So let's look at our key scripture tonight. In Revelation 1 and verse 1, the Bible says this. And I'm reading tonight from the New Living Translation, which uh, reads a little bit easier than the, than the New King James or the uh, King James. But you, you may have a New International Version or, a, or an English Standard Version, whatever. Uh, but this is the New Living Translation. And they all read along the same lines. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay? It is a revelation from Jesus. You got that? Which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. Now, we'll get back to this in just a moment. He continues to say that he, Jesus, sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John. Let's pause there for just a moment just to review church doctrine. Now, uh, although not every scholar might agree, nonetheless, it's true. And many of them do, as do I, agree that the words used here make it very clear that there is a distinction... In John's day, as in our day, there is a clear distinction between God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. God the Father and the Son of God. Here making this clear distinction again is John in the book of Revelation, clearly showing us uh, that that, uh, what it means at, at face value is the fact here that we see in the first verse two Persons of this Godhead, two persons of this Trinity. Okay? We see God and we see Jesus being separated in this particular scripture. Although they are one, although they're one in unity and although they're one in purpose and one in spirit and one in, uh, uh, you know, in, in word, nonetheless, there are two distinctions, two beings, if you would. And uh, uh, that, that, that we see. And John here is simply saying this. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him. Okay? Uh, now, that's, that's interesting. Does that interest you at all? Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting to me that specifically following these very chosen words, if you just follow them along, this is the revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him. Hmm. That brings up a couple of thoughts. You know, uh, one, one thought is, is uh, didn't Jesus know? Well, the answer to that evidently is no. This, by the way, what follows in the book of Revelation is, is a disclosure of future events, okay, uh, which God has made manifest or revealed to Jesus, His Son, uh, with a very strict purpose in mind. God wants Jesus to do something with it, and this is something God told Jesus. Wow, that, 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 that can really boggle your mind if you're not watchful, but really realize this is not the revelation of John. This is not John's revelation, okay? This is rather the revelation of Jesus. It's Jesus' revelation. The revelation is not John's, it's Jesus's, and the, and, and the revelation is not a revelation of Jesus. It's, it's, it's a revelation of the future. It's not a revelation of Jesus, it's a revelation uh, that is given to Jesus. Uh, and I don't know how many how many of you have ever considered this particular scripture or not, but I think this scripture speaks volumes to us in really uh, 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 call, giving us a greater understanding of some of the other things that Jesus might have said while he was on earth uh The, the revelation again I uh, said is, is 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 not a revelation of Jesus but a, a a revelation to Jesus. Jesus is going to take the revelation that God has given him, and Jesus is going to share this revelation uh with John, with his servant, with his friend, with the apostle John, uh, it, it's important to realize here that that uh, that you know, like I said, in John's day and in our day indeed, John understood there to be God the Father and the Son, and he understood as he's writing that the Father gave revelation to the Son, and the Son is sharing this revelation with him. Concerning future events and things which must come to pass shortly, and uh, 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 in in one sense, uh, it it seems uh, unimaginable. That Jesus would not know something. But yet we find uh, when when Jesus was interacting with his disciples on uh, on earth, uh, when asked about his second coming, listen to what Jesus said in Mark the thirteenth chapter, verse thirty-two. He says, But of that day and hour knows no man, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Here Jesus makes a clear distinction as well between himself and the Father. In fact, it's also understandable to know that in that time, Jesus did not know everything. If so, what purpose would it have been for Him to have gone to the Garden of Gethsemane and there to have distinguished between His will and the Father's will? And the only thing He needed to know in order to clarify what He should do was what the Father's plan and purpose was, indicating He did not know, He did not just pray once, He prayed twice. He prayed three times. Why? So that He, the Son of God, might understand and know what God wanted. Now, I believe this to be a fairly reasonable embrace of this Scripture simply because there are whole denominations built around a thought that there is no Jesus. You know, there is just God. And there's a God is Jesus in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, and, 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 all, I mean, all are one. And, and, uh, uh, you know, if I had to write it down on paper, there's four or five ways I could explain it to you, and all of them might be wrong. However, suffice it to say that when I get to heaven, let me tell you what I'm going to see. I'm going to know there is a God. He'll be right over there. Okay. And at his right hand will be Jesus. It will be a second one. It won't be two. He won't be a blob. He won't just be spread out. You know, it won't be just co-mingling. Okay. There will be a Jesus. Okay. He will be identifiable. He will be uh, known and we will know him as our brother, as our Savior, as our Lord, as our King. Okay? Uh, and and uh, so uh, uh, I want you to understand this scripture, even perhaps as obscure as it might be in, his, in, in, in just quickly reading through it, nonetheless supports this understanding. It is, it, it is certain that uh, that Jesus while he ministered on earth did not know everything and now he's bringing a revelation to John which God had just you know which which God evidently had given him and given him opportunity or given him instruction to reveal it to his servant, John, so that John could could spread the word as to what was going to happen. And 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 revelation is all about the future. It's all about what's going to happen. You know, it's 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 God giving revelation, it's God giving uh, uh foreknowledge, it's, it's 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 God describing things which will come to pass and in such way that they will have to continue to unfold and and add meaning to them and 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 fulfill themselves as 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 it must in God's timetable. But But understanding this, that, that, uh, that Jesus did not know everything that God knew while he was on earth, uh, it, it still might be unreasonable to assume that he does not now know everything. We don't know. You know, perhaps it would be a poor assumption to imagine that that uh, that today, that Jesus is limited to the same thing He was limited to years ago. We don't know, but we do know this, that this is the revelation that Jesus was given by His Father God to give to John so that we could understand what the future was going to be like, so that we could catch glimpses that the Holy Spirit would still have to give us understanding on, but that we could catch glimpses and understand some things about the future. Uh, uh, Again, let's let's, let's read through this beginning in verse verse 1 of Revelation 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to Him to show His servants the events that must soon take place, He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John who faithfully reported everything he saw that this is his report of the Word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus sent an angel to give John this revelation and the book that we now have, the writings that we now have in the book of Revelation is nothing less than the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the, the, the living testimony of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 3 says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. You know, uh, this prophecy is given to the church, and, and, and God blesses the ones who read this prophecy. Doesn't that make you want to read this prophecy? I mean, here it, it's just plainly declared here by this elder apostle who perhaps in about the year 93, 94, 95, 96, something on that line, perhaps just just before the turn of that century, the first century, here this elder apostle is on the Isle of Patmos. We'll read that in a moment. And he has this, uh, this, this vision. He has this visitation. And uh, this visitation is all about the revelation of the future. And, uh, and then he clearly says that God will bless everyone who reads the prophecy that's given to the church. God's going to bless. That just makes me want to read it over and over and over. And, I, and, and it might be one of the most read books anyway in the Bible because it's one of the least understood, so it might be one of the most read. But God will bless. But not only will God bless those who read the words of this prophecy, He also blesses all who listen to its message and obeys what it says because the time is near. It's kind of perplexing, isn't it, that the time is near? Because that's been 2,000 years ago, uh, almost, uh, 1,900-plus years ago that this was written. And here we imagine the time being near, that it would have happened uh, long before now. But still, on God's timetable, it is right around the corner because God's timetable, you must understand, His watch has a place on it that uh, has enough room on it for eternity. Okay, And so this, you know, I mean... It's it's not even been two days in God's time. Okay? As the days is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. And and, and and so God is still saying soon. God, I mean, it's soon and it might be another thousand years. Who knows? I don't expect it to be, but uh, we don't have a thousand years for sure. But the fact of the matter is the things that he has said, you know, blessed is the one who reads and, and also uh, uh, blessed are the one who, who listen to the message and obey it. Why? Because God is needing to bring these things to pass in his time and God has a time for these things to happen. It's important that we understand how meticulous God has planned our future. In fact, a whole book is dedicated to it. Can you know, uh, going into great detail, God is very, very detailed about our future. He has planned it, and he's 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 so meticulously planned the future that the Book of Revelation stands uh, to represent just how forethoughtful and just how detailed God is concerning the plans for our future. You know, uh, God has laid out each step and each step is very specific, and it has a very specific time, and it must happen all in one. You know, God is marvelous. He has orchestrated all of this and put it all together. He has already seen it. He's planted. He's put everything in its place. God understands and, and has a right time for everything to happen so that world events unfold according to God's timetable. It is not by happenstance or coincidence. It's not by some world government. World events happen by God's timetable. He is the one that is orchestrating everything. Very meticulous. It's very well planned and very detailed. All you have to do is read through the book of Revelation to see that. No other book gives us such comfort uh, and, and blesses us so much as we look toward the future and realize that God has our future planned out. He has every difficulty taken care of. He has every tragedy already assigned a remedy. God understands what to do in every dilemma of life and everything our world faces. I do not claim, by the way, to understand all the hidden messages of the book of Revelation of this apocalypse, but I do understand its implication. And the implication is this, that we are not living in a time that, that, is, that is guided by coincidence or guided by some ill-fated world government. We are under a design, we are under an ever-loving and ever-caring and ever-purpose-filled hand of God so that every step is taken. God knows the number of the hairs on your head. He knows everything and He has planned it out so Expertly, that not one of the things which his plan hinges on can be forfeited. It will unfold as he is determined. Verse three, by the way, gives an, gives this added blessing to those who read and 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 to those who who uh, follow the disclosures in this particular apocalyptic book. Let's read uh, ver- verse four. We need to read through this. Um, I, I'm taking more time tonight than I had intended. Uh, verse four says, "This letter is." From John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold Spirit before his throne. Some people understand this. I, I believe this to be not only the Father who was, is, and you know, always will be, and, and from, uh, uh, from the Holy Spirit, and also from verse 5, and from Jesus. Okay, From the Father, and from the Holy Spirit, and from the Son, this revelation, this, this grace and peace that is sent to us by God, this encompasses not only the Father but also the Son and the Holy Spirit. And talking about Jesus in verse 5 um, uh, uh, and, and from Jesus, He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding His blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God His Father. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. Again, that delineation between the heavenly Father and the Son. Look, verse 7 says, He comes with clouds of heaven. And everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, and all nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. Jesus begins to speak, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is and who was and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Verse 10 says this, It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. John is talking here. It was on the Lord's day. I was worshiping in the Spirit, and suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, Write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These seven churches no doubt represent period churches, but also represent churches, I believe, in each period upon the earth. We can understand the, that that uh, that uh, perhaps we can categorize people even with temperaments at times. Perhaps also we can understand that there are certain uh, giftings and graces in churches. Period, churches and churches who uh, which, which are on the earth at any one time. And I think these churches represent those. and And uh, 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 I'm, I'm I'm fully convinced, by the way, uh, that that as as John describes Jesus, he continues. You can read about it later. Uh, he, he he sees him wearing a robe with with white hair and and, and with eyes flames of fire and a sharp two-edged sword went out of his mouth. And, and, uh, you know, you can read that. uh, but, But I'm fully convinced that the fate of the church is completely determined by the will of God. That's why God is writing to the church about the future is because God is going to give them ways to overcome. He knows what's going on. He's very intricately involved in these churches, and He's giving them a pathway so that they can be strong and overcome. And uh, verse number 17, let's drop down to that as John continues. Uh, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But He laid His right hand upon me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. You know, I love this personal touch of Jesus. Earlier, we saw Jesus with seven stars in His right hand. You know, these, these, these seven churches, he's so concerned about these churches and leaders of the churches and angels of the churches, but yet he has the capacity to be so concerned about a worldwide church, so concerned about the church from today to the end of the earth, and yet still in that same hand reach out and touch one who is in need of faith and encouragement. You see, God loves. He's that big. He's able to see the all-encompassing need of the earth, but yet so gentle and personal as to understand an individual need, reach and touch with that same hand, and raise up. What an amazing picture here of of a God who who has so much time that He can give time, personal time, to each one, to everyone. Uh, This brings us to our important points tonight. Uh, Can you imagine? I'm already five minutes over. It's, uh, this amazes me at how fast time flies. Point number one: God is both the beginning and the end of all creation. We must realize that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He created everything. God is everything. Okay. Now that's uh, that's not some you know uh, new age philosophy. Okay. He is the beginning and he is the end. God is everything. To creation. Important point number two God has a meticulous plan for our future, and every world event is subject to His timetable. Point number three John received a special message from heaven while he was worshiping on Sunday. Isn't that a pretty good little point? It was on the Lord's day. That's what that meant. The Lord's day was Sunday, it was the day of the resurrection. And he was worshiping on Sunday, he was in a Sunday worship service. And God began to speak to him. I think God still speaks in Sunday worship services. Point number four, do not be afraid of the future. Jesus is Lord over death and the grave. Isn't that great to know that he holds the keys of death and the grave? He's even Lord over death. So what do we have to fear for our future? And point number five, Jesus has time for everyone, including you and your future. He has time for you.